Welcome to the Wokipedia Podcast. The Wokipedia Podcast is a ministry of enemies within the church. So go ahead and go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. Once again, that's enemieswithinthechurch.com. And you can go up to the upper right side there and you can find Wokipedia. Click on that and you can find all of our articles. And of course, you can find links to our YouTube channel and different places that you can subscribe to our podcast. And after you subscribe to our podcast, which why wouldn't you? Go ahead and give us five-star review because, I mean, why wouldn't you give us five-star review? Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. So go ahead and, and do that. Uh, I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and, of course, I'm joined, like always, with Kyle Witt, Mr. Witt himself. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing good overall. It is a beautiful day that the Lord has made, and I am excited for today's episode. Amen. Amen. And of course, we're also joined by Pastor Micah Sample. How are you doing, Micah? I'm doing pretty good here. I uh, I see that they let another ginger back on to our podcast today, so <laughs> that's kind of interesting. But no, uh, it's it's been going pretty good. I'm excited to get into the meat of what we're going to be talking about today with, uh, with uh, Eric Townsend. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you had to mention, you know, that they, they let me another ginger on. That was... Uh, that was very nice of you guys to let me back on the the podcast. I know I've been gone for a, a, a few episodes now as we have been in the process of moving. I, I think we're finally moved. Um, I, I still have a couple boxes in my car because I've just been lazy and haven't moved them yet. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get that done here soon. Um, I, all I have to say is you can't believe how much junk you collect until you move. It is mm. it is incredible. <laughs> You know, but, I can believe met, it though, because I help I help move you. So <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Uh, it, it, has your back recovered? That's the question, Mike. Has your back recovered? No, never. I don't think it ever ever will. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm I'm doing just fine. Actually, it was a pretty good workout. Not gonna lie. So honestly, I should have been paying you. You know, I people pay to go to the gym, right? So. You, you know, next time I'm going to go ahead and put that ad out that I'm a personal trainer and, you know, I'm going to have people move. That's that's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But as you mentioned, Mike, we're, we've got today a special guest, Eric Townsend from uh, from Five Stone there, Five Stone Ministries. And at fivestoneusa.com is where you can find out about their, uh, their, their ministry. And so not only should you give us five stars, but you should go and check out Five Stone as well. That, mm. That's probably just a terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible connection. But, uh, that was smooth. Uh, but, but that was, nonetheless, I like it's almost that. as smooth as their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love these segues. These are awesome. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> uh, how are you doing, Eric? I'm doing excellent. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really am so excited. I'm just ecstatic to be here. Uh, it's a real honor for me to be here and to be able to to help you guys in any way possible and be able to share, you know, the the word and the mission. And can't thank you enough. Yeah, we're you know we're really excited about this. We just had you had you on for the. Um, for the radio show. And I'm, I'm really excited we're able to, to continue on here with the podcast and to continue mm-hmm. discussing this. But uh, do, do you want to just remind everybody who maybe, I don't know, maybe they're slacking off and didn't listen to the radio show and they need to go back <laughs> and click that link and watch that uh, and, and check that out. But, but can you remind everybody what, what your ministry is and what you guys focus in on? Sure. Yeah. So uh, five stone is based off the story of David and Goliath and David was sent to the front line to serve his brothers there that were fighting the battle on the front lines. And then when he got there, of course, he saw Goliath. He 
pick up the five smooth stones and the rest is history, right? He was prepared to respond and serve. So not only did David serve the front line, he served as the front line. And that's really the mission with Five Stone. We're a group of pro staff. We have some of the most elite uh, medical uh, law enforcement, um, special operations rescue, uh, defense instructors, anywhere. And we've all kind of come together to provide advanced training for people in the community and for like churches and church security, uh, university, school security, uh, active aggressor, active shooter trainings, things like that. And we also help to raise awareness for uh, families of fallen first responders and some very serious issues with your first responder communities that are going unaddressed that we personally suffer from. And we know we've been there that we want to raise awareness for and um, doing mission work like with equipping the persecuted. God has kind of laid all this in in path that I could never have imagined we were here. God told me this is what was going to happen with Five Stone, but they had no connections no way possible to be doing what I'm doing right now without God making it all happen. So we're super excited to be Amen. going with you guys to uh, Nigeria with Equipping the Persecuted. And I'm glad to be part with this uh, Wikipedia podcast, too. So thank you all. Yeah, that is awesome. We're, we're excited to, uh, to have, you, have you on. And, and I love this ministry that you've got going on uh, here with really going and serving in the front lines. And, of course, that you guys have connected with Equipping the Persecuted, Equipping the Persecuted, uh, is is a ministry that's that's near and dear to my heart. I'm good friends with Judd. I remembered when Judd just shared with me the ministry and the vision that he had. He had been going to Nigeria for years at this point in time. And he's like, there is a need for the persecuted to be equipped there in Nigeria. And uh, I've been praying with him uh, about it. He keeps asking me to go to Nigeria. And I think eventually here uh, in the near future, he's going to get me to go um, over there. It, it's more than talking my wife into letting me go. No, she's okay with me going over there too. But <laughs> Um, just, just getting the timing and everything to work out well. And so, uh, hopefully we'll be going over there with you, um, at some point and excited be, to see that. Be excellent. But you, you also do a lot of ministry here in the United States and you work a lot with the, the front line, uh, here, the first responders and also of course, uh, uh, police officers and, uh, both security and medical here, the first responders, in, right. in one of the big things, of course, it's Wikipedia. So we have to talk about how the woke is infiltrating, impacting our, our nation, impacting the church, impacting uh, everything, and of course not impacting it for what's what's right. Um, has this woke ideology really um, hit the, the first responders uh, in any way? Has it helped them or has it has it hurt those first responders? It has been just devastating to your front line. So what we try to raise awareness for is we call it the unseen scars of your front line, right? If you think of a warrior in a battle, you think of some uh, your your military veterans that have gone and seen combat, right? Even some of your law enforcement here, you know, have 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 physical scars. But there's a lot of scars that are really deep that nobody sees and nobody does, and it's it's an adaptation that we have to undergo to be able to function under recurrent traumatic stress. A lot of people use the term post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I don't have the authority to create my own diagnosis, obviously, uh, but I call it recurrent traumatic stress adaptation. That's what, that's what we call it here at Five Stone because until you retire, you're constantly reintroducing that stress every single time you go to work. And I had a good, uh, we did a podcast with a good friend of mine. He's on Five Stone and he said, 
you know, every morning I roll out of bed, he rolls this little fatality, this, this small child comes out of bed with me every single morning. And it really hit home. It was like, I live every day with her. She, she does not leave my mind of what he had to see in that trauma. So she's a part of him now. And there's hundreds of those that we all carry on our backs every single day. And that comes with sacrifice and it comes with scars. We, we are passionate about our job. We're passionate about, you know, our calling to serve people, but th- you're right. This wokeism has labeled your front line, which is essential to, to this country functioning and being protected. It's, it's an attempt in my opinion to destroy that there's ambushes that are set up on your first responders whether it's law enforcement, we've had some, you know, Officer Ellis here in Kentucky was ambushed on an exit. There's multiple firefighters that have been ambushed in your, your EMS. And, you know, they're labeled as bad people. Maybe they're racist. Maybe it's whatever that it is. And it's just a slow attempt to just take a piece of them away at a time. You take a piece away, you take a piece away. And you add that to what we already suffer with and deal with. It's very traumatic. And it really, it, it's it's a way to tear apart this country at its, at its core, because we I'm not trying to sound arrogant or cocky, but your frontline workers are what gives you that stability and that safety as a country, you know, mm-hmm. whenever you need it the most. Yeah. Well, I mean, that hits, hits home for me. I have many, uh, first responders in my family. Uh, and you know, it, it's a tough thing to think about, what's going on right now, the pressures that are being put on them, the attacks being levied against them. Uh, But it's so phenomenal that we live in a country where we've had people, you know, preemptively put down their lives that I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to be, you know, a uh, EMS staff that gives us a massive, massive degree of flexibility in how we live our lives. Right. Because we don't have to think about those things like we otherwise would. It it gives us a lot more freedom and autonomy. And now we're attacking that. Right. And think about your dispatch. And a lot of people don't think about dispatch at all. Mm. You know, they are so overlooked. They get a phone call on somebody's worst day. They hear people's Mm. screams and agony. They hear them getting shot. They hear them taking their last breaths. They hear families weeping, trying to do CPR on a lifeless body. And EMS shows up, the phone goes cold, and that's all they get. Mm. They never get closure, you know, and they're somebody's lifeline to the very end. Think about your your techs, your, your nurses in the emergency room, maybe in ICU and through all this COVID you know, pandemic that we've had, you know, there, 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 there's some very sick COVID people out there that have suffered who didn't get to tell their family by because they refused to let any kind of visitation, had to do something over a phone, had to do yeah. something like that. You know, that's these, your nurse now becomes that dispatch almost, you know what I'm saying? On top of what they've got. There's just there's just so mm-hmm. much. The burden is so heavy, and we don't have a VA. We don't have anything. But maybe if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you've got an EAP program, and most of your counselors or therapists have never even experienced it, so they don't know how to relate to you. Mm. 
Wow. That's what we try to do at Five Stone. Yeah, we try to raise awareness for that. We try to raise awareness for families of fallen first responders because they're left with the void now. You know, and sad to say some of those first responders have, you know, committed suicide or Mm -hmm. maybe they've turned to alcoholism, you know, drugs, multiple divorces, things like that, that just the burden is so heavy and there's no attention brought to it and the real need, you know, that we need to do so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that people oftentimes just take first responders for granted um, as something that we can all rely upon in our time of need. But then uh, it seems that a lot of the people who are on this on the political left or uh, who, who have been infiltrated by this woke ideology, they they seem to think that it's OK or that it's cool or that it's fashionable then to um, uh, forgive my language here, but just crap all over the very people that they would rely upon in any emergency situation, you know, and it, it, there's just a level of disrespect to that. Um, I mean, I, I have high respect for what you guys do and, and it just, it kind of boggles my mind when I see, uh, protesters going out there and basically, you know, saying that, you know, I I don't even, I don't, I don't even really want to repeat what they're saying, but they're calling, you know, police officers, pigs and things like that. You know, that's kind of, and that's kind of the the nice way of um, phrasing it, I suppose. But uh, I, I mean, the the level of disrespect that, and, and honestly, there's just also a level of cognitive dissonance among those kinds of people um, and, and hypocrisy. It's it's really disgusting to 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 see that. But um, my hope is that if anybody's listening to this um, or watching this and is of a leftist persuasion, this is my personal opinion um you should really take what this guy has to say to heart what eric has to say to heart because i mean there are there really are people out there who are suffering with things that you don't even know about um and they're putting their lives on the line they're putting themselves on the line their psyches on the line their souls on the line in in, right. in some ways um uh, and, and you're, go ahead, you're right go ahead. you're right Maka. yeah and and you know here in kentucky you know you, you know i'm sure y'all familiar with how bad louisville got there for a while with the brianna taylor issue you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it was so I'm an I'm an hour south of, of Louisville, hour and a half, something like that. And there were people in our hometown that was riding everywhere and, and violence and things going on. So it's it's a it's a cancer that spreads. Really, it mm. is. You know, it becomes malignant and it's very hard to cure once it gets starts. And that's just the way medically speaking, I guess you can look at it. But. You know, if you don't mind, if we have time, I'll share a personal story, you know, that I think maybe would relate to people that, you know, maybe they can think um, what I experienced and how their family members might be feeling if they're in the same role that I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. We'd love to hear it. uh, I mean, especially because we know that it'll help people. And so we're we're excited to help wherever we can. So there's. There's really, there's, there's kind of two stories and I'll go through the first one here, but the first one is when I realized that I was really impacted. So me and my wife were sitting down at dinner, uh, in a real nice steakhouse. She was beautiful. She had a nice dress on and I was dressed up. We're sitting there eating this wonderful dinner and, and we were just having a casual conversation, no arguing. We're just talking about like how we cope with, you know, different stress or arguments. Right. So we'll get into a, a disagreement or argument at the house and she'll just follow behind me and just, um, just kind of keep going, you know? And I'm just always like, you know, whatever, I don't want to argue. And I'll just turn around and walk off. She's like, you can just walk away and never talk about it ever again. Now I looked at her and I mean, this is horrible to say, 
And I looked at her straight and I didn't mean it hurtful, but I said, I can walk away from you and never look back and never care. And I mm. felt that in my soul. Mm-hmm. And I realized whenever it, I verbalized that, how could I say something like that to my wife who is just amazing? You know, and it wow. took me a while. So I had to go and just like, and just re she started tearing up and I was apologizing, but I was realizing like, it's not her that I'm walking away from. It's me. It's my ability to adapt because of all the stuff that I've seen. So I went and mm-hmm. started speaking to a counselor and I was like, you know, and, and she even told me, she said, I've never had to really understand this level before we canceled PTSD for military, but never on this level of, of how you all are really impacted. You're right. You can't shut it off until you retire. I'm like, no. And so she, she said, what you're doing by walking away is a defense mechanism to protect yourself. Just like mm-hmm. you do when you have those people come into the emergency room, you, you can't, or on the streets when you, when you go to a scene call or a scene flight or whatever it is, you see a mangled body. You can't look at that mangled body as somebody's daughter, somebody's child, somebody's parent whatever it's a physical structure that you have to try to repair and if you don't look at it that way you 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 seem to get emotionally connected to this and that burden gets worse it impedes your ability to be able to respond effectively and so and 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 quickly and efficiently right and so you have to start blocking that out and over years and years and years and years of exposure as soon as you feel a stress come at you at home you just shut it off and you start to become cold you know, and mm-hmm. that's the unseen scars that people don't realize. I drive by places on the road where I've been and responded to, to, to scenes or seen flights or seen people die. Or, and every, every day of my life, I relive something that I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. and as, I'm not trying to ask for, for pity. I'm just here to like, so let people know that, like, those people in the fire trucks going by are not your enemy. Well, they are. They are. Most of them are suffering at home. Most of them have suffered with maybe depression or alcoholism or drug abuse or divorce or whatever it is, maybe near suicidal because they don't have anybody to help. And so that's what we want to try to raise awareness for. They're not the enemy. And this woke culture is making their already suffering state 10 times worse. Mm. Yeah. And, mm. you, you know, one of the things that I really like about the name of your ministry, Five Stone, is that it, it really does take this idea, of, like you said, of David and going to the front line. And mm. what you experienced and were going through is you weren't picking up the five stones and wanting to go to the front line. You're wanting to stone wall and walk away from that front line of the battle right there. That's, and, that's good and, enough. Yeah. And instead here, you know, God has called us to go to the battle. And of course, that that, that sometimes means it, it is going to hurt. It is going to be tough. It is going to be difficult. But that's when we really do rely upon one another and the grace of God that he comes and he gives us at times flowing from one another to go and to pick us up at times in our times of need. And that's exactly what you guys are are going forth and doing is you're running to the front line and you're helping those uh, who are who are who are struggling in the front line. And I'm sure you've probably seen it to where after you guys help some people, they probably want to turn around and go and help others as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have people that, that come back and say, you know, because of you, I became a paramedic or because of you, I decided to do this. You know, you, you helped save my life. You were there when we were in need and that's what we're doing. And when people come back and tell you that, man, it just, it just, it changes. It, it makes everything what you do worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? Cause you realize it's, 
you know, like I talk about that malignant cancer that's spreading, you know, you're starting to spread, mm-hmm. the, you're starting to spread the cure now, you know, as long as Amen. you can try to try to get in with people and be like, Hey, seek help first. I know you, you want to be a nurse. Great. You want to be a doctor. Great. You want to be a paramedic. Great. Realize what you're going to start seeing. Cause they don't teach that in paramedic school or nursing school mm-hmm. or they, they don't talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. so start getting help first. Start going to a counselor and being like, if I start feeling trouble, what can I do? And your chaplains in your county, that's the most important job that I can possibly think of anywhere. Those guys are on the front lines there with you. They see all this tragedy and stuff as well, but they're there for your first responders and they get it because they live it and they see it. And our chaplains are so underrated. Most of them do it for free, use their own vehicle, use their own gas, spend their own money, just trying to help the front line. Those chaplains need to be praised and lifted up and supported and programs going to help the front line. Amen. Amen. So, so how can people be praying specifically for your ministry here? What, what, what are some things you want people praying about? So awareness, I think it all starts with awareness and the things that I'm sharing right now, it's like a lot of people just don't realize it's not that they don't care. They just don't know. They don't see it from our perspective because they were never aware of it. And so, you know, opening up their heart and being empathetic to the people that are serving them. You know, something as simple, when we work in the emergency room and have a horrible day and then somebody would bring in pizza, you know, even if mm-hmm. we didn't feel like eating because the stuff that we've been dealing with, just something like that, or, you know, snacks or treats or a thank you card would come across with some flowers from somebody that, that meant the world. You may have seen this thing that's so small, but it's such a huge thing. It's encouragement. You know, be aware and pray for encouragement for the front line. Pray for people to encourage those people because they have to have that. Because they shut it off and they go home, they try so hard to be somebody good for their home life. You know, but yeah, encouragement and awareness, I think, is huge. Yeah. Mm. And you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the the radio show, one of the things that you said was um, basically how can people get involved? And you started going through all the different things that that people could do. And of course, I know you just barely scratched the surface. Um, You know, and you mentioned even, hey, if if your gift is, is, um, you know, making a a blanket and sending it to somebody. I mean, it it could be something like that. I mean, you were, you're mentioning those things. And, And I'm reminded, I believe it's in Romans 12, where it talks about, uh, the gift of encouragement a little bit or elicit in, in a list of gifts that people uh, might have within the church. And that's kind of a forgotten gift. You know, we often think about, yeah. you know, the gift of, uh, of, the, of pastors or the gift of the evangelist or the gift of, uh, you know, of this or that. But, but very little do we come and see this idea of encouragement. And yet, even then in Hebrews uh, 10, 24 and 25, we see that we are to go into, as the body of Christ, encourage one another to love and good works, and then exhort one another so much the more as we do see the day approaching. And so part of the Christian life should be taking what we have, the gifts that we have, just the simple abilities that we have, and using them to encourage one another. And I can just see that so much that you guys have grabbed onto this, uh, into the need of this at Five Stones. I think that's incredible because it's I mean, you know, putting it as simple as it can be, it's biblical. It's it's what hmm. the Bible prescribes, and that's what we need today. Right, yeah, and it's not about, you know, encouraging them to to make them feel 
proud of what they do because when you when you do this for a living, you you don't seek that. You know what I'm saying? You really right. don't. You know, if if you do, you're doing it for the wrong reason anyways. You know, you don't seek praise, you don't seek acknowledgement, you know, but that encouragement, man, that that's that's where it's at, you know. Hmm. Amen. And I've seen so much in my day, I could not begin to tell you, have seen so many miraculous things happen on a spiritual level on somebody's last moments. We, I could go on for hours on this podcast and never stop mm-hmm. at the things that I've seen. And once you see people and you feel the, the power of God standing behind you and your knees are weak and the person is singing, open, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus and he's sitting here mm-hmm. crying saying, I'm going to heaven. Wow. And, and you, you just watch the person take their last breath into total peace and happiness. You know, so when you see that over and over and over again, and you see and you know, it, it changes things. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not always dark. You know, mm-hmm. death is not always dark. Sometimes it's a good thing because people are so happy to finally be going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, when you, and it's hard to explain that until you see it. But, you know, so when somebody goes through and, and these providers or family members are, are seeing this day in and day out, you know, that encouragement goes a long way because they've seen that side of things too. It's not always the dark side. Like I was talking about. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's some, I mean, this has been a, an absolutely wonderful conversation and churches often do little things to acknowledge first responders. You know, maybe it's a, a, a potluck mm-hmm. or a, you know, we're going to pray this week for our first responders, things like that. But, and you know, we already talked a little bit about things that you can do, but what is, what are things that churches, again, in particular in the climate of these woke attacks on first responders, what are things that churches can be doing or thinking about uh, to support first responders, to minister to them? And I don't just mean physically minister, but really minister to them through the difficulties that they're facing. I think that if they, and I don't, I don't mean this to, to sound bad, and if it comes across that way, please forgive me. But if you had a church all across America that even met in private once a week and prayed for their front line, it would change the country. Wow. Without, it, without anybody even knowing about it. But if you did that and you even let them know, hey, we're going to be here, we're going to pray for you. If you would like to come in, and you would like to to join us, we would love to have you here. We can wow. catch, you know, between shifts or after shift or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. You know, and you said, hey, this is that right there is just astro- astronomical because that carries you through so many shifts. You know, mom, my mother always told me she, she was a nurse for 30 some years in the ICU and different, different areas in the hospital. But she always says, she goes, every day before you go to work, you pray to God that he will guide you and lead you and not allow you to make a mistake and hurt or that, that you wouldn't not, he would allow you, but you would not make a mistake and hurt somebody, mm-hmm. you know, wow. and that, you think about that every day you pray, I don't want to hurt somebody. That's a burden in itself. Yeah. So if you've got a, a church of people that's praying for you to, to guide your hands, 
to guide your thoughts, to keep you alert, to keep you safe, to watch your partner on the streets if you you know if you're law enforcement or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? To make that quick, rapid decision. Uh, you know, because there's so much that goes into it. And I think that will go a huge, huge way. Sending cards, man. Like, hey, letting you know, here's a card. Our church prays for you every week. Wow. It, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's something so simple, but it, it could be so powerful. Yeah. It, well, and I think that in America, one of the things that we really need to rediscover as a church is how to pray and the importance of prayer. Mm. You know, we've, We've really gone away from the importance of prayer, and there really is power in prayer. And people can really feel when when people when they're being prayed for uh, with, with that. And we really do need to be praying for one another. We're supposed to be a convocation yeah. of priests uh, coming together and lifting one another up in prayer. Uh, and I do want to just change directions though, just a little bit. So we'll talk about the front lines and everything like that. Uh, and and woke uh, ideology. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the woke guys like to say is that they're the only ones who care about people. They're the only ones who really care about, you know, the bodies of people and, and, and things like that. I mean, they really go and try to say that, that, that we don't care about people uh, if we're not woke. And so this is kind of a two-part question. The first one is, is uh, Eric, I think it's pretty clear that you do care for people uh, and your whole ministry is, is around that. So, so are you woke? That's the first thing. And, uh, <laughs> uh, no, and, and the, the, the second question is, is, is it possible to care for both, uh, the physical person of somebody and their soul at the same time to have good theology and to actually care about the person's body? Okay. So first off, uh, I'm not woke. You know, they all say, go, go, woke, go broke. I just got the broke part of it. I didn't get the woke. Part, so. <laughs> uh, and yes, um, one thing that's really neat about, I had a discussion with the, with the MD, a medical doctor the other day, we were talking about our different practices in medicine, you know, and I was asking him, you know, I said, so he worked ER for a long time. I said, you know, how do you just shut it off whenever you leave there? You know, how do you just shut it off? And they have a total different training than, you know, your nurse practitioners do nurse practitioner. We're work a lot of us, not all of us, but has spent several years working as a nurse. And then yeah. we have whole entire semesters on the art of caring. Really? I mean, you think about that's the art of caring. How do you really care for someone? You know, there was a study that they talked to us about. It was called water remembers. And this, this, uh, I think it was a Japanese scientist who studied water and it would retain the structure after it was exposed to different types of music, rock music or classical music. And they would freeze it and look at it under a microscope after it was taken away from that stimulus and it would have different patterns when it froze. And they started studying like, Oh, this is pretty neat how water can remember what it was exposed to. Right. It was really weird. So they started taking like that idea and started like getting these electromagnetic frequency monitors and like they were together and they were like thinking, positive thoughts on these monitors and they would start to the needle would go one way they would think bad thoughts and the needle would go the other way and they took and they got the more people they got the farther those needles would go either direction they would take the box and put it outside the room put it outside the the building take it across town across the country and they're now these meters are supposedly everywhere and they're picking up these different changes in the in people's thoughts and like before 9-11 supposedly there was a big shift in those meters so the whole point of that was like your thoughts, the way you think about somebody and the way that you care about somebody can impact that person on a molecular level. It is important to care 
about that person, not just go and do a task. Right. And so there's a whole, there's a whole philosophy on really caring for that person. But where this wokeism comes in is you've got big pharma, you know, you've got your lobbyist, you've got your hospitals who buy out a small hospital, buy another, another hospital, become a monopoly. You know, I've worked, I've worked in places to where it's like, uh, listen, I need you to see a patient in 15 minutes and get them out the door so you can see another one. And if you do this, we'll give you some big bonuses. Has the care is straight up gone out of healthcare? You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just health business. You know, yeah. because they want that money, and you know that's why I left that job. I was like, I refuse to treat somebody this way. They're here because they right. want me to care for them. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes, that has really impacted the you now healthcare. And so for them, people saying that, you know, we can't care, we don't care because we don't look at things the way that do, that's their perspective. Of course, they have a right to say or feel however they want to feel, but they really don't understand how people who are on the front line, they do it because they have a compassion to serve. Serving is, serving is caring. And there's always bad apples. You know, you've got your bad police officers, you got your bad doctors, you got, I mean, it's, it's everywhere you go, but they want to take that one segment and they want to take that underneath the magnifying glass and then paint that across the whole spectrum and say, this is how they are. You know, one bad cop who assaults somebody and now all cops are bad. You know, all cops right. are racist, all cops are pigs, how they say all cops are this or all cops are that. That's, that's not true at all. No. You know, they're good people who want to come home to their families of the evening and they want to just help the community be safer. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, right. it's a it's a it is a cancer that gets started and it's it's hard to treat. Yeah. Right. The, and I mean, the woke, are, Kyle. the woke are hypocrites. They're yes. I mean, that's the answer to the Sam. That's the answer to the question that you you put forward is the woke are hypocrites. One hundred percent hypocrites. What they claim that they're doing and help that they have a monopoly on helping people and that they're tearing down all of these, you know, racism, sexism and all these things, they're doing the opposite. They're mm-hmm. only right. helping the people that agree with them and they're stereotyping and, uh, you know, inventing new forms of prejudice and uh of you know why they can discriminate against this group why they can discriminate against that group it's producing hate in the name of compassion and that's Mm -hmm. the that's the the horrifying picture of it right yeah they really set the fire uh on the, the, the they set the house on fire and then they come to the front door with a pitcher of water and say, Hey, I think we can put this out and it's a raging fire. And there's no way, uh, that cup of water that's really, you know, full of gasoline, um, can put that fire out. In fact, it just makes it even worse. But one of the things, and then uh, who do they, and then who do they call? They call the frontline firefighters to come put out their own fire that they, that they have put down for how long now, you know, they want to put you down until they need you, you know, they call you to be there to help them, you know, and you don't know if you're walking into an ambush or not, you know? Right. And yeah, it, 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 and, and maybe like or love isn't, isn't the right 
right way, but I, but, but I do, uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That, that's a better way to say it here. I do hit the nail on the head when you really go and you combine woke with big pharma, because though they would probably try to, some people might say, well, what do these two things have to do with each other, especially in the context of like Wokipedia with the church and, and things like that of mm-hmm. seeing how the woke has infiltrated the church. But so many of these Christian leaders, Christian uh, leaders have gone in and they've really went and pushed uh, big pharma through going and pushing the experimental jab. Uh, by the way, sorry, I'm, I'm going to say some controversial uh, things because that's the that's the way I roll. Um, <laughs> that's okay. We'll just get yeah. banned off of YouTube real quick. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be my first time. Wouldn't be my first time. Um, but but they go and they they started pushing the experimental jab and they started making it about virtue signaling about how you're not loving your neighbor if you're not going and getting this experimental jab and and all these kinds of things. And then they start putting down anybody who would go and push for religious exemptions in order to stop this. But ultimately, what we've come to find out is that this was all about money in virtue signaling. So the will go and either they're getting paid uh, with dollars or they're getting paid in fake virtue currency to go into push um, big pharma's agenda. And of course, ultimately it is to go into put us their statism, control, Marxism, things like that, which is yep. ultimately the woke's goal with all of this. And so I, I think it's just great that that you're standing up as a Christian going and seeking to help people in the medical field, um, yeah. actually caring about people and standing up against the woke Marxist regime. And it, com- and it comes with some sacrifices because, you know, I'm, I am I have I work I work emergency room, too, as a nurse practitioner. I have seen people mm-hmm. very sick and dying with COVID. I get that. Right. OK. I've also seen way more people than that get diagnosed with COVID that never even knew they had it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the flip side to everything I've come out and made posts about, Hey, you know, yes, COVID real people are sick. You know, if you're elderly, if you got preexisting conditions, you got all these things. It's just like any other illness. It's common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've got these problems, you probably shouldn't be out in the middle of a pandemic. You probably should have a mask on. It's just kind of common, even though the mask, you know, probably didn't work that well. Whatever you got, try to use it. Put a sock over your face. I don't care. You know, whatever you want to do, try to protect yourself the best that you possibly can. But I have gotten bashed online. I've gotten put down, told that I was not a professional medical provider by other medical providers in my small community. Told that I was not practicing sound medicine. And you got a small community and you're being bashed like that publicly. How do you think people view you? You know what I'm saying? That, that follow it's that rough. whole wokeism thing, you know? Yeah. And so they, these people will go out and they will attack other people just to play the game, to incite mm-hmm. fear, to incite chaos, because it's a knee jerk response to do whatever it possibly takes to overcome a, 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 a true fear a gut-wrenching fear. You're going to do whatever you can. And so these people yeah. will rush off and get their vaccines. They rush, rush off and get their 14th booster. They rush off and get all this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I could I could go into a whole nother spiel about a very, very, very high-level training that I should not discuss publicly that I went to. The top of the top came straight from their mouth about COVID. And I'm not going to go on and on here, but the world would see immediately what it was all about, you know? So yes, Mm -hmm. COVID's real. People are sick. People die from it as well as other illnesses. But yeah, it's just a tactic. Insurance. Oh my gosh. Insurance is the worst 
you know, just right there with Big Pharma. It is so bad and so mm-hmm. corrupt. You know, I've had them deny yep. treatments for people that needed it and would have died. And I had to go and try to bend the rules to get these people the testing and treatment they needed just to save their life. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's crazy. There's a whole there's a whole scheme out there. These people that come together just to just to get money in people's pockets. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, it, and Eric, I have to tell you, I'm so appreciative that you're standing up right now and that you are running towards the front line. You're not backing down from fights, but you're actually standing up and you're standing up for what's right. And you're not going and overcoming evil with evil, but you're doing exactly as what scripture prescribes for us. It tells us to overcome evil with good and you're standing up for what's good and, and right. And so I just want to remind everybody that they can find out more about your ministry at five stone USA.com. Once again, that's the number five stone USA.com. You need to go check it out. You need to go and support these guys. Uh, wh- while we're here, I just uh, checked out your YouTube channel subscribed. Um, I didn't want to start a podcast while I was on here, so I haven't subscribed <laughs> to your podcast yet, but I'm going to subscribe to your podcast. Well, thank a- you. And of course, if you go and you uh, check out Five Stone, you can go and in, in, in five find that if you go and you search that. Um, but we do want to, just before we go, I, I want to thank you for coming on here. And I want to tell everyone about Jesus Christ, how he came and he died on the cross for our sins, that we've gone and we've transgressed against the law of God. That's a sin is it's transgression against the law. We've gone and broke those 10 commandments. We've sinned against God. And because of that, we've earned death for ourselves. But there is a remedy. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He didn't stay dead. He gave us hope because he rose again. And because he rose again, we too can rise if we do what it says in Romans 10, 9. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, that is our great hope. I pray that you have done that today. And we trust that you have heard the gospel and that you will go and share the gospel if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, thank you so much for being on with us, Eric. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Awesome. Have a great day, everyone. Keep standing for the truth. And who's going to say it? Don't go woke. 